Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. We are on day three of five. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. So glad you're tuning in today, guys. We are having a great week back on the radio. Things are still happening in the country. Things are moving. Uh, We laid George to rest yesterday, but... The movement is not stopping. There's still people out in the streets. So this is, uh, we're going to make some changes. And it's ours to do. We need to own it. And uh, we can we can make it happen. So I, I'm enlightened by the things that are happening. I'm glad the looting is over. The looting and the rioters were not part of the protesters. Some might have got pulled up into it, but that, they were not the protesters. So I hope you guys are having a good week. Um, Yesterday, we had a fantastic show. Man, I jammed a lot of guests in two interviews and a entertainment minute. We started off yesterday with our good buddy Enoch Miller, the Empress of WeHo, giving us our West Hollywood Minute for the month. He comes on once a month for us, talk about what's going on over there in Southern Cal. And then I had a great interview with Adam Squared, Adam Huss and Adam Bucci are a married gay couple who are actors, writers, producers, directors. They do it all. They have a fantastic werewolf movie, LGBTQ werewolf movie, and in the horror genre they're putting together. And they just released a brand new book, Puppy Love is Puppy Love, which some gorgeous illustrations that Adam Huss wrote, um, the words, and then their friends contributed the illustrations. So that was a great interview. And then we talked to the creator and cast of a new film that is out now on Amazon Prime and I believe here TV and a couple other outlets. It's called As I Am, and it's a fantastic movie. I saw it. It's only an hour runtime, so it doesn't take too much of your time, but it's worth every minute of the movie. It's about a young African-American, two two young African-American guys. One is from a more affluent background and is dealing with some deep personal traumas. The other is from your Joe Bag of Donuts average background with a mixed marriage gay um, fathers, two fathers. And together they meet, and it's a story of them coming together, and it's a very moving story. And I had the director on, Anthony uh, Bond, 
yesterday, and then I had the stars of the show for the stars. I had Andre, Jeremiah, Tom, and um, Rodney on yesterday, and it was a great interview talking about their film. So if you missed yesterday, please go to the Justice Rate archives and look it up because you can download it on your favorite podcast distributor. We're on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the good stuff. Just go ahead and get there and just check the little subscribe button. That way you'll never miss an episode if you ever want to check it out. And I do appreciate that. So great episode yesterday. Today I have another one. We're going to do in just a couple seconds our weekly Wednesday J&J Buzz pop culture moment with our friends Josh and Jeff from good old Nashville, Tennessee. They're going to let us know what's happening this week in pop culture. And then I have two great interviews for you today. First up is going to be an ally to the community. He uh, coaches both meditation and physical fitness. His name is Sam Knight, and I'm so excited to listen to him. And he is going to guide us through a five-minute meditation at the end of his interview. So look for that. It's going to happen right around the end of the first hour here. Do a five. It's going to be kind of one that will keep us peppy a little bit so we don't fall asleep for our second interview. But uh, if you want a nice um, meditation, we'll tell you where you can get the music. And we're going to have Sam on in just a few minutes. And then we're going to finish it up today with a second interview with Glenn North. Glenn was so much fun to talk to. This is a pre-taped interview that we had to delay from last week when I canceled the shows due to all the protests going on. But Glenn is an actor and a fitness trainer himself. He is currently seen every Monday night on the Bravo show Camp Getaway and uh, is one of the social coordinators on there. And had a great story to tell. So uh, we're going we're gonna to do that for the second hour today. So stay tuned for that. going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to uh, talking to Sam live. And then we're going to do Glenn's pre-tape interview. But let's start things off with a little J&J Buzz pop culture segment here. And I'll come back on the other side and we'll play out for a little music while we're getting Sam on the line. So let's take it away. Send it over to Nashville, Tennessee with Josh and Jeff culture wednesday moment of the week take it away guys you are listening to josh and jeff on j and j buzz exclusively on left of straight radio network now live from nashville tennessee here's josh and jeff <laughs> What's up? I'm Josh. And I'm Jeff. And this is J and J Buzz. <laughs> I mean, there's something about that. It's just sexy. <laughs> I don't know. Happy Pride, y'all. Happy Pride. Did you know June is Pride Month? Well, no, I do. Okay. No, I'm just playing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's got uh, his Pride underwear on, his jock strap right here. Every like, day of this month. Every day. The only one? Well, not the same pair. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> We're going to be doing laundry all freaking month. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So what do you? We got tons of covered. Okay. Pornhub has released its first non-adult film about a lesbian strip club operated by women. Wait. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pornhub is doing something that's not porn. They are. They are <laughs> trying to expand their audience with the non-fiction film Shakedown which was about the men and women that populated Los Angeles strip clubs in the early 2000s. Okay. 
You know, they attracted 42 billion visits in 2019. Yeah, and they're but trying to. So wait, they have 42 billion website visitors last year, and they decide that it's a good idea to do something that's not porn. I guess so. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay, so I got something for you that you should like. Let's uh, hear it. Okay, so, you know, gay and lesbian spouses in the U.S. can claim Social Security survivor's benefits even if they were lar- married for less than nine months. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a federal court ruled this. It overturned requirement that left some people without anything. Oh. Do you even know what this means? Well. No. Not really. <laughs> okay, cool. It just means if you die... And we're married. I'm going to get some survivor benefit. I'm going to get paid. Oh, well, you ain't getting paid for a long, long time. Cause. Well, I'm just saying, if it happens. But is that weird? When we get, We're getting married, y'all, in December. December. Yeah, if we get married. It, well, we are going to get married, not if. What do you mean, if we get married? No, I'm just saying, if we're talking about you dying today. I ain't dying today, or tomorrow. No, when we get married. What? I ain't dying the day after okay. we get married, either. You know, this, <laughs> this is terrible. What, what else you got? Okay. Grayson Fritz out of Knoxville, Tennessee, pastor slash police officer, says that all LGBTQ should be killed. 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 Kilt. Kilt. <laughs> he said that just as much as God loves, God hates. Yeah. What an ugly person. Yeah. I mean, this is terrible. Where is this? In Knoxville. Knoxville. Down the street? Two hours from us. That's terrible. He's terrible. Yeah, he's he is terrible. Uh, but y'all, that's not true. God loves you. He loves us. He loves everybody. There ain't nothing the Bible say he hate nobody. I don't know where they went, but that's that's not where I'm going. You hear this remake? It's crazy. Uh, y'all, I can't believe this. I don't even know. Uh, actually, I do remember where I found this. It's on Queerty. But um, Donald Trump. Make America Great Again. You know, that's his slogan. Yeah. His slogan. What's well, terrible, uh, but Make America Great Again, he has it in Rainbow Pride. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Like, I can't even like I can't even fathom that any LGBT person would ever in their mind, since he has been the worst president in the history of presidents for our for our cons, for our types. <laughs> I think we'll make our own pride shirts this year oh really i'm not gonna wear a trump pride shirt yeah me neither but anyway we gotta go y'all <laughs> have a happy rest of your week and uh stay safe out there with all this rioting okay guys this was J buzz exclusively on left of straight radio network Well, thank you, boys. I appreciate having Josh and Jeff on every Wednesday for their J&J Pop Culture Buzz. Thank you so much, guys, out there in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to stop by on the way back from the Big Gay Road Trip, which I'm leaving in exactly, well, four weeks from this past Sunday, guys. It's getting quick. Um, If you want me to stop by your city on the way, let me know. Send me an email. Let me know. I'm planning out my route now. I'll probably go kind of a northern route there and stop through Vegas to see my best friend. Oh, can you guys hear that they are creating a drive-in drag show in Vegas? It was announced yesterday, I think. The guy that runs the Zumanity, Cirque du Soleil, said he is going to create a drive-through drag show in Las Vegas. 
So if that happens, sign me up. I will be there when I go through Vegas um, the first second week of June or July. So that could be kind of fun, but I thought that was a fun story. But, yeah, crazy stuff going on uh, there. Other than that, there's not too much news that's been on my radar. I've just really been watching all the protests and everything and seeing people really kind of stand up. If you're not following me on social media, I am trying to post different things that I see out there because uh, most people are saying things so much better than I am. And I talked about it the other day. I'm trying to lower my voice and amplify others during this time. As a older white guy, I don't have too much of – to say in the matter, I just want to be supportive and help all I can by attending protests, sharing things that I see. So on my social media, I have been sharing great little sayings, clips, other words better than mine. You can always follow that on Instagram and Twitter. It's at left of straight, always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. On Facebook, it's left of straight show is our page on Facebook. And then my personal page is Scott Fullerton, where you can send me a friend request. It's a public open uh, Facebook page. So you can say hi and send me a friend request, and I would love to talk to you. Site two, www.leftandstraight.com. We can enter a contest. We're going to have swag bags coming up from the Big Gay Road Trip. So all sorts of fun stuff happening there as well. So get ready, guys. We're going to have a great show for you. As I said, in just a couple of minutes here, I'm going to bring on Sam Knight live. We are going to be talking physical fitness and mental health and well-being and meditation. And we are going to do a live five-minute meditation. It's not going to put you to sleep, but it's going to invigorate you. I know it's a little late here, East Coast people. West Coast, it's uh, only going to be 7 o'clock your time, so you got some night time left to go. So Sam's going to be on live in just a couple minutes. After Sam, I'm going to play my interview with Glenn North, who's on the Bravo show Camp Getaway. So looking forward to all of that. We're going to have a great show for you tonight, so stay tuned. Let's play a little Matt Stern from Canada, our good buddy. This is Keeps Me Awake. When I come back, I'm going to have Mr. Sam Knight right here on the Left of Straight Show. You're listening to the Left of Straight Show on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Explore 
What is at stake? Is it greedy or more? Is it already too late? All these chances we've taken, are we losing control? I can't hold on, it's gonna hurt me. But letting go is hard to do. And though we chose to do it perfectly, I'm plagued with thoughts of losing you. I'm plagued with thoughts of losing you. Would you leave me in the dark? By the light. Either way, I won't be the same. Would you keep my secrets far? Deep inside. Are you gonna need someone to blame? Are you gonna need someone to blame? Yeah. We are back, guys. Again, that was Matt Stern with Keeps Me Awake. Guys, I'm really excited. My next guest is making his first appearance on the Left of Straight show. He was recommended me by a friend uh, on Instagram. And after looking over his profile and his post of positivity, mindfulness, and fun, along with an amazing website, I knew I had to have him on the show. He's been a great ally to our community who actually works closely for the amazing out and proud actor and fitness guru, Sean T famous for the insanity workouts and hip hop abs. You remember his own journey through meditation and fitness has gained him quite a following on his own. And he practices what he preaches, having turned around his own life of anger issues and uncertainty to a very positive place where he's at today. I'm so excited to hear about that journey and have him on the show for the first time. Please welcome Mr. Sam Knight. Sam, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Scott. Thank you so much for having me, man. Very, very excited. I checked out your show, some of the episodes, and it's some really, really cool stuff on there. So I'm, I'm very happy to be a part. Appreciate it, sir. And back at you. I've been enjoying uh, reading your website, watching uh, your Instagram post. I like the positivity behind it. I like that you uh, feature some fun things out there besides mm-hmm. just all work and no play. And uh, we're going to talk about all this right now, but let's start with a little bit of background. Um, sure. Talk about yourself a little bit. Let my friends know uh, where you grew up and what kind of a kid were you? Yeah, no, no doubt. So um, long story short, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. It's been about 23 years there. I was always very heavily involved in sports, you know, basketball, football, baseball, 
ended up actually going on in college to play college baseball. I played uh, two years at a junior college and then two years at a Division One school in Charleston, South Carolina. And, uh, you know, really enjoyed it. It was kind of like my life revolved around it for a while. And then um, after that, ended up leaving and kind of had a little bit of identity crisis as I transitioned to working in a, you know, kind of nine to five typical office job, which I liked, but it was just very different. You know, it didn't have that team camaraderie, all that stuff. And I really struggled right. with it. You know, it was a really tough time. Went through, dealt with a lot of anxiety, dealt with a lot of stress, some depression, and I just kind of felt lost. You know, I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially out of college, regardless of if you played a sport or not. And that's kind of when I found meditation, and that kind of really just set the change for my life. It was really, really amazing. I, I found that there are ways that we can, you know, naturally just make ourselves more at peace, more calm, more mindful, and just like happier and overall just like living life in a better way. So once I experienced this and I started, you know, reaping the benefits of some of these things, such as, you know, yoga, meditation, all that stuff, that's when I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to just get out of Georgia. It's been a long time here. It's been amazing, but maybe it's time to switch it up a little bit. So I packed my bags, moved to L.A. I didn't know one person there. And it was a very <laughs> tough experience at first, you know, like very, as I'm sure people that have done it can relate. It's very difficult when you, you know, literally don't know one person. You're in this huge city, yet you feel so alone. And uh, right. you know, I was determined to to somehow work with what my passions are and to help people that were in the situation that I was. And, you know, I'm a big believer that when you set your intention, the universe listens. And if you don't give up, no matter what, as cliche and corny as it sounds, the universe will come around and will answer whatever it is that you are trying to do. And for me, that was, you know, you spread the word of positivity and meditation and just all these amazing things that have really helped me and made a big difference in my life. Long story short, I see an Instagram post when I'm at my office job with, as you mentioned, Shanti, and he's talking about how he needs an assistant. And so I kind of uh, brushed past it and think about it. About a week later, I was like, you know what? That might be a really good fit for me. So I ended up, I went back and applied with about an hour left in the application process. They had it open for literally like an hour when I went back to it. Next thing you know, um, a couple interviews later, I'm interviewing with Sean and Scott, uh, the president of our company. And yeah, and then one thing led to another. I packed my bags and moved to Arizona, and that was about two and a half years ago, and I'm still there today. So it's been really, really a wild, amazing experience. That's an amazing journey, though. I love it, and I love how uh, it's kind of, as you say, once things you put out there, you're going to attract. And I think that's awesome that you kind of knew a path you wanted. You And everyone has a journey. Talk about that mm -hmm. a little bit. I mean, you have a very similar journey. We had Another good Sam I know, Sam Cushing was on the other day. He's a big Instagram mm. star and a vlogger. And you guys both have very similar stories. He kind of was in the corporate world for a while and was just mm. hating life. And he moved yep. to Mexico or down to South Carolina to kind of change his life around. And I think it really takes a change, something that drastic to really kind of find out who you are. How did you kind of what did you find out about yourself that you didn't know your first couple months there in LA? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it was at first I moved to LA and it's all excitement. It's all, Oh my gosh, it's the beach. It's Hollywood. It's going to be everything's perfect. <laughs> everything, everyone's good looking, you know, whatever. So, you know, at the first, I would say a couple of weeks was really exciting. But then once that, you know, newness wore off, it was kind of, I was in the grind, you know, I was doing sales for a new startup that had raised a lot of money. So it was very intense and very, um, performance driven. So, I mean, I was working 70 hours a week, you know, straight out of college basically, mm -hmm. which, you know, which some people might say that's not that much or whatever, but for me, I wasn't used to that at all. 
and especially being under the pressure of sales. And it was just intense, you know, it was just very different for me. And keep in mind, I also was literally across the country from every single person I knew. <laughs> so that didn't right. help either. And so, you know, I just remember I came to a point where I was like, okay, I'm either going to quit and pack my bags and go home, or I'm going to figure out a way to get out of this situation. And I was like, and I really had to do some soul searching and just decide, you know, what is it that I want to do? What would I be happy doing just getting by with, like making, you know, the bare minimum to survive? What would I be truly happy in my soul? And I was like, you know what, for me, it is health and wellness. And I, and I say that instead of health and fitness, because I just, fitness is to me a piece of the puzzle and it's really important. And I'm a, I love fitness. I work out, you know, just about every day, but it's just a piece of the puzzle. So to me, it's about just health and your overall wellness, that mind, body, soul connection. And at the time, you know, I didn't really know what that looked like, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. So it's kind of funny looking back on it every single morning, I would go to the gym really early before work and I would sit in the car after the workout and I would look in the rearview mirror and I would just do affirmations out loud and I would say, I will work in health and wellness. I will work in health and wellness. I will work in health and wellness. I swear I did this every single day for months. And then sure enough, out of nowhere, this thing happens with Sean. And ever since that's happened, I was just like, wow, like life really is just what you want it to be. And if you decide that you want to do something or you want to make something happen, like it may not happen exactly how you think it's going to or how it looks in your head, but one way or another, you know, it's going to happen. And I think the biggest thing I learned was probably that. And the, I guess the more simple way I could put it is, you know, when you're getting in the car and you're going to say the grocery store that you haven't been to, you have to type in your GPS to know where you're going and it's going to guide you in the right direction. You may not know the exact roads it's going to take, but you know the general direction that you're going. And I feel like our life is the same way. And we set, when we set our intention, we set our GPS. And once again, mm. we don't know the exact roads okay. we're going to take, the exact destination, but it's going to take us in that general direction and we're going to figure it out. And so to me, I just learned that very valuable lesson that if there's anything that I want in life, no matter if it's a relationship, a thing, um, you know, a job, whatever it is, you set that GPS and you trust that, that you know, you make, as long as you're working as hard as you can to make it happen, it's going to happen the way that it should. Well said. I like that. And talk about what was your introduction of the LGBTQ community? I mean, you are a great ally. Um, why is being an ally important to you? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I grew up in Atlanta, which actually has a really strong community there. So I, I was actually just friends with a lot of people growing up that were in the community, number one, which is um, maybe different from other places because, especially in the South. In the South, it's like it, it wasn't as common, but in Atlanta, it was. So I just had a lot right. of friends growing up, and I was just kind of around it a lot when I was growing up. So it was just always just kind of like a part of my life almost. And then obviously, you know, once I started working with Sean, so it's funny, in our company, there's five people. There's uh, me, Sean, and Scott, who are married. And then there is Chip, who's he's the man. He works with us, and he's uh, in the community as well. And then we have Alex, who is married to her fiancé, Steve, in New York. So I work in Arizona with Chip, Sean, and Scott. And so it's really funny because I'm always around these guys and I just get like such a cool inside look at, you know, how they think about things, whether it's something as, as, as simple as a political stance or like a sexual preference or, you know, just anything I get to, I get to see the ins and outs of all of it. And what you realize is just like, wow, it's just like amazing how like 
similarly, we think about everything basically. And just, you know, I was really able to see firsthand some of the struggles that they've dealt with some of like the, you know, the judgment that the insecurities that may come with that. Cause they all have had their own stories growing up and how they struggled. Like uh, a, lot, a couple of them really struggled with coming out. And like when they would tell me their stories about the ridicule that they would deal with or how hard that conversation was with their mom or, you know, whatever the case was, it just really, in a way just touched me because I was just like, that is just really amazing that you have gone through all this to become your true self and who you really are and what you believe in your soul to be, you know? And, and I just, I just thought it was such an amazing thing. And then I remember about um, two years ago, Sean was asked to speak at a festival in, oh man, where was it? It was somewhere um, in South America uh, actually, I think it was Punta Cana. I think that's where it was. Anyways, it was like this big festival, and he spoke. So that was, once again, a big introduction to this community. I got to meet so many amazing people, talented musicians, artists, painters, dancers. And I was just like, man, this is just such a – I've been a – I'm a guy – I just love, like, culture, and I love creativity, and I just appreciate it so much. And I was really able to experience that firsthand. And I owe a lot of that to Sean, you know, just being around him and then just some of the people he's interacted with. It's truly been such a blessing to, to be able to experience things that honestly I probably would have never experienced otherwise. So I consider myself very blessed. That's awesome, dude. And I'm sure he put you to work first fast because I remember if you were there like two and a half years ago, he had just adopted his kids and everything. You were probably working dude. your bunnies off. Talk about that first experience working <laughs> in the wellness field. You, you've got your dream uh, job now. What was yeah. that like the first couple of years? And talk to me about this journey working with him. Absolutely. So that is, that is funny. Uh, yeah. So I started literally, I think a month and a half after the boys were burnt, born. So he had these uh, two twin boys and um, let me tell you something, my man went through it. <laughs> I watched him just go <laughs> through it. You know, you know how it is, you know, you new kid, but then right. you have two new kids. It's a whole different scenario, especially when you're trying to run a business. And um, you know, he really leaned on me and Chip at that time. And we were also learning at the time and, he, we did a, right when I started, he was doing a tour called Sean T trains America. So it's really funny. I went from um, not traveling much at all to literally the first three months I worked there. I think I was at home. I say home in air quotes for maybe two weeks out of the three months. Cause we were just going, 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 going. It was just like, I mean, it was amazing to be honest with you. And um, right. you know, then we, you know, we honestly, the momentum just kept rolling from there. I, I've been watching these boys grow up. I've been, watching, you know, Sean run this business. It's just a really amazing opportunity to be able to see someone as talented as him work and his creativity and his thought process. We, um, last year and the year before we were able to go to Europe for a good amount of time over the summer. And we were able to host events in different countries in Europe and have all these different people from different cultures come out. And I mean, honestly, it's just crazy because I just really never in my entire life thought that I'd be doing some of the things that I've done the past two to three years. And you know, it just goes to show you once again, like I, I hate to be cliche or corny or whatever, but it's just so true. It's like you never know what life has in store, good or bad. So it's just all the more right. reason to be happy and to be present and to just enjoy every experience because it could all change for the better or worse tomorrow. And you just have to always be optimistic and always just, you know, keep moving forward no matter what and understand that change is always happening. Right. Well, we're seeing that in the times living through right now, right? You never know what, no what life is going to throw at you. But if you keep that attitude and keep that mindset, I just, 
I can't imagine how much more centered you must be having your meditation background behind you and having this kind of mindfulness around you to go through this. Cause this is not easy for anybody, no matter how much meditation you do, how are you holding up personally through all this? I mean, I'm sure you have friends, family, parents you're worried about and you're traveling mm-hmm. as you say all the time. How have you been dealing with this journey that we've been on the last couple of months? Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, you know, for me, as well as everyone else, it's definitely been challenging. I actually went through, like, a, a really tough breakup at the beginning of the quarantine, which was, like, terrible timing because then you can't go meet anyone mm. else or anything because you're locked inside. So I really had to – really had to practice what I preach. You know, it's one thing to say all these things and to – you know, it sounds good on Instagram, whatever, but I really had to lean into that stuff. And I'd be like, you know what, I need to walk the walk here. So I really leaned into my meditation practice. I really leaned into, you know, fitness exercise, yoga reading a lot, just educating myself and just being mindful and being present because, you know, when you're locked up inside, as we all know, after these last couple of months, it's so easy to just think about the past or long for the future. And you really do have to just be here now because I've heard an amazing quote one time and it says, you know, the past and the future future are illusions that exist in the present. The only way, the only reason that the past and the future exist is because they're illusions in the present moment and they delude the present moment, take us away from the present moment. And so, you know, I really just tried to lean into that. I was like, you know what, this is a crazy, crazy time. And who knows what's going to happen. Everyone's losing their jobs. Everyone's scared. Everyone's getting sick. You know, it's really, really uncertain, but these things are out of my control. The only thing that's in my control right now is to, focus on what I'm grateful for. You know, I have a house over my head. I'm able to go buy food to eat. I'm able to, I have a body that allows me to move around, you know, and just really focus on these little things that we might take for granted every single day. And that honestly really, really filled me up and kind of gave me a new perspective, just kind of like readjusted my perspective on life, I guess, you know, now when I go out to eat, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You mean we get to wait in a line to go out to eat? That's amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> so, you know, it just, it's just really like just kind of recentered everything. And uh, for me, it's just kind of giving me a fresh outlook on life, I would say. Nice. Very cool. Well, let's get into it. I mean, I do love, you do talk about mind, body, um, that connection and kind of working on both of them together. I love that you've taken everything you've learned through your own journeys, and I'm sure that Sean has had a lot of influence on you as well. But you've really kind of created your own kind of space here. Let's go. Um, I want to leave the mind to last. We're going to do a little bit of mindfulness, or we're going to do that little meditation at the end. So let's start with um, kind of body and spirit type things. Talk about um, – your journey, I mean, like you said, you've had sports the entire time. Obviously, I've made mm-hmm. the body. What's been your struggle? Everyone has their own personal struggle. Sure. What's been your struggle? And then talk about um, the importance of movement and, and the basics that we really need to kind of get us through this to get into the right mindset. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, everyone has their own struggles, their own battles when it comes to the body, especially. And for me, it was interesting. So you know, when I was playing sports, I was working out more for, for my ego, I would say. It was more for like, so, you know, I would look good or that people would think this or that. And I quickly realized that when I was, well, I was also working out when I was playing sports because you have to, you know, or else you have to, you know, you have coaches that make you work out. So that was a big part of it too. But I quickly realized when I was done with sports that, you know, working out for my ego was not sustainable and that was not going to work because after, you know, a week, a month, three months, whatever, it's going to be like, oh, well, I don't even, you know, whatever, I don't even care. 
and you know, so I kind of fell out of it for a little bit. I never completely stopped working out, but I just fell out of like the intensity and the love for it that I have. And so, you know, one thing that Sean taught me, that's one of the most profound things that he's ever taught me is that, you know, you need to chase the feeling. And this is what I tell everyone that asks me, you know, when they're struggling with fitness and working out and stuff, I'm like, look, most of the time when people are struggling to continue to move their body or to do this or that, it's because they're chasing a number or uh, object in the mirror, you know, like maybe they're, maybe they want to get to 170 pounds and it, and, but today they weighed 187 and they're just disgusted with themselves because they're so far from it. Or, you know, they look in the mirror and they hate what they see, but what they're not focusing on is the feeling and the feeling that you get after working out is amazing. I don't care if you've never worked out, if you work out every day, the feeling is just incredible. And I mean, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone that completed a workout that says, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, I don't think I've ever finished a workout and I was like, you know, I really wish I hadn't done that unless, you know, you get hurt or something. That's a different story. But, um, you know, so I really had to change my perspective of, you know, this thing that I'm doing just so I look good because what I came to realize is that, and I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people agree with this, you know, we are so much more than our bodies and we are, we, right. this body is almost like a, it's almost like a little, <laughs> it sounds weird, but it's almost like a meat suit that hosts who we really are and what we're really about. And I realized, I was like, you know, it's just really important to take care of this suit that hosts me because that's going to make me feel better. It's going to make me have more energy. It's going to allow me to live longer, to be here with the people I love and care about and to, you know, thrive and do the things that I want to do. So really, I had to shift my focus from working out for a sense of pride, I guess, and shifting it to, you know, I'm doing this so I can be the best version of me. And so I can feel the best that I can possibly feel so I can have as much energy as I can possibly have. And so I can accomplish the dreams and goals that I want to go after. And I just think that's so profound and so important just because, you know, you see so many people like I need a six pack. I need this. Well, you really don't need any of that. You just need to, you know, just work hard and, and chase that feeling because, Chasing that feeling is sustainable. Chasing that number or that image is not because we're always going to have days where we wake up and feel bloated. Look, like I don't care if you're the most ripped person in the world. You're going to have days where you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see. But if you're chasing right. that feeling, then it's going to, you know, you're going to be able to sustain it. You're going to be able to keep after it every single day. And I think that's so important. Oh, that's a great, I, I like that attitude. I haven't really thought of that before. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I want to go through some of the, uh, the different things that you've talked about, some blogs you've written that I thought were really important. Yeah. I'm a huge nature guy. It looks like you're obviously a huge nature guy. Talk about mm. grounding first because I really believe mm. – I'm reading your stuff. I never really thought of it in a lot of the ways. I didn't know the mechanics behind it that you've kind of laid out really nicely. Sure. Talk about grounding a bit, though, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So grounding is very interesting. And it's at first when you hear it, you kind of roll your eyes and like, what kind of woo woo nonsense is this, you know, Um, but then you look (laughs) in the science behind it and like real scientific studies, you know, in scientific peer reviewed studies, they test them against each other. So there's no way that, you know, it could be a placebo or anything like that. And it's really, really interesting when you sit back and look at it. So grounding or earthing, some people might have heard of it is essentially when your skin is connected to the surface of the earth, whether it's your feet on the grass or in the dirt. Uh, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty positive that cement actually works as well. But, you know, it, also you could be laying on your back with your bare back or whatever. It's just your flesh touching the earth. And so, you know, I'm a big believer in doing these things that our ancestors did um, in order to optimize our mind, body, and soul. And so, you know, 
a side example would be like intermittent fasting where you wait to eat till later in the day because our ancestors were out all day hunting and then they would come back and prepare the food as opposed to, you know, eating pancakes and stuff for breakfast. So, you know, that's just like a side <laughs> note, but earthing, same thing, you know, like our ancestors were not wearing shoes all the time. They were connected to the earth and the earth is actually a very, very powerful medicine for us. It actually can heal us. It can make us better. It's amazing for our immune systems. And so one thing that I was harping on people during COVID was like, yo, we need to get outside and connect to the earth. That's probably the best thing that you could do for your immune system, whether it's, you know, just rubbing your hands in the dirt or rubbing your feet on the dirt. What I like to do is go sit in the sun because the sun is amazing for you as well. It has so many benefits, especially for your immune system. And I would just put my feet on the ground in the dirt and just make sure that I was like connected to the earth. And that's going to do a lot of things. You know, it's going to, one thing that it does is it literally detoxes your body. So if you have like free radicals or these bad, uh, you know, cancer cells that can kind of hang out in your body and multiply, it's going to go in there and it's going to clean them out. It's going to improve your immune system. And it's also going to make you feel so much better and happier. It sounds, it really sounds bizarre if you've never done it before. It sounds crazy. It sounds like a bunch of nonsense, but I promise you, you go ground for 20 minutes, especially if you're in the sun and you're going to feel different. It's not like you're going to feel like, you know, like just like a different state of consciousness, but you're going to feel more relaxed. You're going to feel happier. You're going to feel more fulfilled. You're going to feel more whole. And that just is, it's because I believe as humans, we have these internal systems that need to be unlocked. And, you know, there are certain ways that we unlock them. One through exercise another's through grounding. And so I think grounding is really, really important. There's actually, you know, just huge academic papers written on it. I try to do it every day for 20 minutes and uh, it really, I, I believe makes a difference. Very cool. Well, I loved reading about it. I mean, mental health experts say, I mean, if you want to, like you said, improve your well-being and your health and your mental health, take a shower every day, get in the sun every day, be out yep. there. And I think that's part of it. That's just the third part of it that we haven't really figured. So thank you for sharing that part. I also want to Absolutely. talk, um, as we start to kind of move into the mind states, I want to talk about the flow states and how you create those. Because mm. reading on that, Mm. didn't understand as much and what how you can create those sure. yourself. Um, and I'd love to hear what your perspective is on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So flow states are a pretty incredible thing. And uh, for people that aren't familiar, a flow state is essentially when you are so engrossed in whatever it is that you're doing that you lose your sense of self. So you don't even really realize you're doing it anymore because you're so into it. And for Anyone that's ever, I mean, really anything, if you've ever written a paper, you can get into a flow state playing a video game. You can get into a flow state working out. You can do it doing anything that you're really into, but it's essentially like when you don't even realize you're there. Like if there's someone sitting next to you, you're not even aware of their presence or anything like that. And the point of getting into a flow state is that a lot of studies have shown that they can increase your productivity up to 500%. Now, if 500% is the actual number, you know, that could be up for debate, but the point is it can dramatically increase your productivity and what you get done. And what I find is that if I can fall into a flow state for 30 minutes to an hour, I will accomplish more in that 30 minutes to an hour than three hours of distracted work and lack of focus and some great ways to get into a flow state. There's a couple of things in particular. Number one, get the phone out of there. Like it cannot, this Every time you pick up your phone and look at it, it's going to disrupt your flow state and it's going to take you out of that right. state of flow. Whether it's a text message, whether it's an email, whether you're just checking Instagram, it's literally disrupting your flow. And so you got to get the phone out of there, turn it on airplane mode if you're listening to music, whatever you got to do. Another thing is um, really planning out like what it is that you're going to do. So just for an example, like when I'm working throughout the day, 
I find myself to be way more productive when I'm like, okay, from here to here, I'm going to work on this. And from here to here, I'm going to work on this because otherwise we're kind of sitting there working on this. And then it's like, oh, but then there's the other thing. Let me look at that really quick. And then you're kind of bouncing back and forth and you're not in that congruent state. And that can really, really mess with your focus in your flow. Um, another mm. thing that's really amazing, there's a couple apps that are really, really cool for falling into a state of flow. And they basically are music apps, but they play these like really interesting, weird beats. Um, and it, some people have heard of binaural beats. It's kind of similar to this, but basically what it is, is it, it's really, it's really bizarre. It almost like balances out your brain and just allows you to much more easily fall into the state of flow. And the app that I use is called Brain FM, Brain.FM. And I believe they have a free trial that you can check out. It's really, really cool. It's, it's like these bizarre sounds, but for whatever reason, it just helps you just lock in and get focused. And when I do these things, That's you know, awesome. I, I'm playing. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And make sure you wear headphones when you do it because it's a lot more effective. When I'm using Brain FM, and it's not like you only have to use Brain FM. You can also go on YouTube and find some of these beats as well. You know, there's there's some options out there. But when I'm do, listening to something like that, when my phone is shut off and I and I know the task that I'm working on, my productivity is through the roof, and the results of whatever I'm doing are a lot better. For example. I run a lot of Facebook ads for Shanti Inc. And the ads that I put out there when I'm in that state of flow always do better than the ones that when I'm distracted every single time. And so I just know that to be the best version of myself for that, I have to find a way to initiate that flow before I really start doing it because obviously, you know, I want to do the best job I can do. And, you know, for anyone that's not familiar with flow states, I would highly recommend you looking more into it because number one, it's just really fascinating and pretty amazing. Number two, your productivity, I don't care what industry you're in or what you do, it will increase without a doubt. That is awesome. I am definitely going to check that out more because I was fascinated definitely. in reading that the other day. So that is very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I yeah, want to start going into meditation now, what it means to you. Um, talk about, I mean, I, I read your story that your dad kind of told you about it and you yeah. dad said it. And it couldn't be right, uh, but you kind of <laughs> fell into yourself. Talk about your first introduction to it. What what was yeah. your baby steps into meditation? And tell us um, where it what it means to you today. Sure. So you know, I always viewed meditation. Well, keep in mind, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew the word meditation, and I always associated it with you know, a Buddhist monk sitting on a mountain in the middle of nowhere and not talking to anyone for 10 years, you know, like that was my, that's, right, like, right. that's what meditation <laughs> is. And so I was like, well, that's not for me because, you know, that's just weird and different. I'm not doing that, whatever. And so I got to this point where it was post-college, like I had mentioned, and I was working in this nine to five and I just was very unhappy for multiple reasons. I didn't really like the job I was in, but also, you know, I wasn't playing baseball. I didn't have my teammates. I just didn't know who I was or what, I didn't, I was just lost basically. And I was just really struggling. Like it was getting, it was getting pretty bad pretty quickly. And, you know, my dad who has always been, you know, I've been super tight with him, very blessed to, to have a great relationship with my father. He, he basically was like, you know, I don't really know what to tell you, but I mean, have you ever tried meditation? Like, Hey, maybe that would work, you know? And cause he was just like, at that point, just like throwing stuff out there. It, he had, he had some experience with meditation just because he has always kind of been in the self-improvement world and just like, you know, bettering himself. So he had dabbled with it. And at first thought, I was like, yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's no way I'm going to do that. <laughs> but one thing I've always done is I've always been very interested in successful people and what they do that make them successful. So I started like finding a pattern. I was like, you know what? Every single person that I look up to that's successful says they have a meditation practice. And so either I like I, I know that I'm not better than they are. So why am I scoffing at this right now? That doesn't really make sense. And so I was like, okay, 
whatever, let me give it a try. So I tried it, and it actually made me feel a little bit better. If nothing else, it just kind of relieved my anxiety a little bit, which was just chronic. It was terrible at the time to the point where I could barely get out of bed. And then the more I did it, the stronger my practice got, very similar to exercise. It's almost like you're building up these muscles. Next thing I knew, I just had a completely different mindset and a completely different outlook on the way that I looked at life, and I attribute a ton of it to meditation. It really took me from being a person that was – fast paced, go, 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 always doing this, doing that quick to anger, quick to, you know, stressed out this and that to a person that was just much more calm, much more relaxed. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm still a very like high energy individual, but at the best way I could put it is what meditation has allowed me to do aside from just like literally change the way that I view life in the world is when something happens to me, for example, say someone cuts me off in traffic or someone just does something that just pisses you off, you know, like it happens a lot when something like that happens, instead of having an emotional reaction, I'm able to have a thoughtful response. So I'll say that again. What Mm -hmm. meditation allows me to do is basically create a barrier between my thoughts and my moods by instead of having an emotional response, I can have a thoughtful reaction. And that's a big difference. And that makes a huge difference when your boss is yelling at you and, you know, you want to just pop off at him and you want to say this, that, and the other, when you can just take a deep breath and just kind of say, okay, yeah, sure. And then you can really come back with a non-emotional response. I mean, it's just, it's just paid off so many times in my life. I, it, you know, I'm not perfect for sure. I still, you know, react sometimes and it'll happen, but it's just, it's just made all the difference in the world. It's helped my anxiety tremendously. And it's just really just taught me to just be here now. That's a quote you hear a lot. And it's just, we kind of talked about it at the beginning, but it's just being fully here where you are. That's where you are. <laughs> that makes sense. I love that. love every second. Well, I want, I want you to walk my listeners through a meditation because we're going to be running out of time here in a second. Um, and mm-hmm. then at the end, I want to talk about your 21 day Academy, which sounds amazing. Let's start yeah. though. I was interested in your box breathing and talk to me about that before we mm. go into meditation. So I learn about that first. So I have that. I don't want to make, I want to make sure I get to that. because I have no idea what that means. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, box breathing is very interesting. So long story short, we can control the way that our physiology works and the way our body feels through breathing. And it's bizarre. It's crazy, but it's real. It's as real as can be. It's something they've been doing for thousands of years. And it's interesting that it's just now over the past three to four years being proven by science. I think that's amazing actually. Um, and so box breathing is essentially a way to turn on our parasympathetic nervous system. It's almost like pressing a button and turning on. And if, for those that aren't familiar, our nervous system has two channels kind of. We have a sympathetic nervous system and a parasympathetic nervous system. And so the sympathetic nervous system evolved from, you know, when we're walking through the jungle and we see a saber-toothed tiger, we immediately, our pupils dilate. You know, the blood starts rushing to our lungs and to our legs so we can run away. And, you know, it, it, what happens is, we have these same reactions, for instance, in the office. You know, our boss says something we don't like, and we have that same reaction, like we're about to get eaten by a tiger because our bodies don't know the difference. They think it's a literal life or death situation, Mm. but it's not. And so the power of box breathing is being able to be like, hey, body, no, that's not the case. Let me press this button and turn on the parasympathetic. So sympathetic is fight or flight. Parasympathetic is rest and relaxation. And so the best way that I can describe it to someone is it's really important to breathe through your nose because for anyone listening right now, I'd like you to try this. So just take a deep breath in through your mouth really quickly. And what you'll feel is you'll feel your chest rise. It's a very shallow breath. It's a very, it's just, it's not, it's not right. a good breath, put it that way. And then breathe really deeply through your nose one time. You really feel your stomach fill up with air. 
And so what that's doing is that's letting our bodies know, hey, it's okay. Like everything's fine. We're going to be okay. You're not going to get eaten. Because if you think about it, when you're running away from that tiger, you can't take big, deep breaths in through your nose. You can only (laughs) through your mouth. And so it's basically right. a signal to our body to let us know, like, hey, it's okay, relax, it's all good. And so the way that you box breathe is it's because it's kind of hard to explain without um, video, but it's basically like in a box. So you inhale through your nose slowly for a, roughly a count of four, but really until you fill up your stomach with air. That's it, your diaphragm. You want to fill up your diaphragm with air. You hold that okay. breath, and I'll, and I'll lead an example of this afterward, but then you hold that breath for about three, four seconds. And then you exhale slowly out of your nose or mouth, whatever's more comfortable for you, for a count of about six to eight seconds. You hold that at the bottom and start over. So once again, that's inhale, hold, exhale, hold. And the exhale is about twice as long as the inhale. And what this is doing is sending all these triggers to our nervous system to relax, to calm down, to, you know, it's all good. It's okay. We're not going to get eaten. So what that would look like is just simply inhale, one, two, three, four, Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And a lot of people will probably struggle to exhale for that long, and that's totally okay. The point is you want to inhale slowly, and you want to try to exhale twice as long. That's, that's the most simple way I could put it. And for anyone that awesome. just did that right there, I, I guarantee you, you feel more relaxed than you did before, I literally after one breath. So imagine doing that for five minutes or ten minutes. So when – I teach meditation. I teach people to box breathe because that is the quickest way to fall into that just amazing restful state. And it's also nice because a lot of people come to me with meditation and say, hey, I can't stop my thoughts. I can't do this. And it's like, hey, just focus on the breath. Just focus on the breath because if you think about it, it's impossible to be more present than literally focusing on your breathing coming in and out. You know, like you're literally focusing on your breathing. So how could you think about anything else? And, of course, thoughts will come. And when a thought comes during meditation, don't get upset. Don't judge the thought. Just acknowledge it. You know, that's a, that's a thought. It's not a good thought or a bad thought. And I like to pretend like that thought is a cloud in the sky, and I'm just laying on a grassy field, and that thought just floats away. And then I return. And when we return, that's meditation. So meditation is not not thinking for the entire time. Meditation is returning to the present and returning to the now after we're distracted or thoughts mm. come and go because they will every single time. Nice. I love that. All right. Well, listeners, I want you to get ready here. We're going to do a five-minute uh, meditation led by Sam here. Sam, I'm going to go ahead and put myself on mute while we do this. Let me know if you want me to raise or lower the volume at all. And all we will go. Are you ready, my friend? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Listeners, get your headphones on. Relax. Enjoy. We've got five minutes of relaxation ahead. Here we go. now, as you settle down into your body, into the present moment, maybe you had a long day, maybe it was a good day or a bad day, but regardless, there's no need to carry your day around with you, because right now, you're here nowhere else. So breathe deeply. Focus on your breathing. And you can let it out with a sigh. 
and I'd like you to come in tune with your body and maybe focus on your face. A lot of times we hold emotions in our face, whether it's our jaw or our forehead, and we don't even realize it. So on the next exhale, can you just let go of some of that tension and feel your face loosen up and become lighter? And once you've released the tension in your face, we can slowly move down the body and we can focus on the stomach, another area that can hold tension, anger, sadness, a whole range of emotions. And just focus on what you feel. Maybe you feel all right. Maybe you feel tension. Regardless of what you feel, can you exhale and let it all go? Literally think about inhaling healing, inhaling love, inhaling positivity, and exhaling uh, anything that you've been carrying with you throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month or throughout the year. And just for today, I challenge you and I encourage you to let go of anything that's holding you down. You see, when we hold on to things, whether it's a toxic relationship, a bad habit, disappointment in ourselves, When we hold on to these things, our hands are full. And when our hands are full, we can't accept the blessings that life wants to give us. So, if you have something in your life, whether it's anger towards another, toward yourself, anxiety, sadness, I want you to pretend Like that feeling is a hot stone. And you're holding that stone in your hand. And it's burning. And I want you to throw that stone as far as you can into the ocean in front of you. And see that stone fall into the water and watch it ripple out. And the way that that stone ripples out into the water is the way that letting go ripples out into our life. It frees us, it makes us whole, and it allows us to truly be here now. So coming back in tune with our breathing, really focusing on a deep inhalation through our nose, filling up the diaphragm with air, And you can really sigh it out if you like. And you can feel yourself become lighter, become more whole, and fully here and now. And I encourage you to really carry this mindset with you throughout the day, throughout the weeks, and throughout the months ahead. 
Because the truth is, we can always retreat to this moment. No matter what's going on in life, we can always retreat and we can live in the breath and we can just be. And wherever you are, that's where you are. And now you can come back to the room, maybe shake your fingers and toes, wiggle your head, and welcome back. That was amazing, my friend. I didn't know how much tension I had in my jaw until you pointed out had me concentrate on it. Goodness gracious. Isn't that crazy? Ah, that was so relaxing. Thank you for sharing your gifts with me, my friend. That was awesome. Absolutely, man. I'm sure my, I'm glad you enjoyed my it. My audience was loving every second. Well, we only have about four minutes left here, Sam, so I want you to take a little time. we got to talk real quickly. I want you to talk about your 21-Day Meditation Academy, talk about where they can find your website, and talk about where they can uh, find you on social media, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, my my Instagram is Samuel, and it's spelled Sam, the letter U, and then well, but the uh, the E is the number three. So Samuel and the E is the number three, and basically that represents the mind-body-soul connection um, because it's three parts. You know, obviously it's three. Uh, it's the mind, body, and soul, and so that's really important to me, and I just wanted to emphasize that. So that's where you can find me on Instagram. That's where I post a lot. I post basically everything on there as far as meditation, just random, uh, you know, overall wellness content, stuff like that. And then I also just created a YouTube page that I am um, uploading a new meditation to virtually every single week. But I would encourage you to go to my Instagram just because I have a link tree on there in my bio. So if you click on that, then you can truly um, kind of see everything that I have to offer. Like you were saying, uh, I have my 21-day meditation program. It's called Meditation Mythology. And essentially what meditation mythology is, is it just takes you through everything that you need to know to have a thriving meditation practice in your life. If you're someone that wants to start meditating and you want to make it a part of your life every single day, this will teach you everything you need to know as far as how to breathe, what to think, where to sit, when to do it, what to listen to, like literally everything you could ever want to know. And you can check that out at meditation-methodology.com slash take a deep breath. So once again, that's meditation-methodology.com slash take a deep breath. And that's also linked in my bio on Instagram. So yeah, I mean, you can check me out there. Um, also, you know, just for what it's worth, if anyone ever has questions about meditation or any, really anything that we talked about, I geek out on this stuff and I just love to talk about it. I'm very responsive in my DMs. So if you just <laughs> want to shoot me a message and ask a question, I'm more than happy to just get ready for a rant. That's all I'll say. But, um, you know, besides <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, you can, you can check me out there and, um, I, you know, there's some good stuff. So hopefully it'll help you out. And I, I hopefully look forward to talking to some of you too. That's amazing. And you also, I saw you also people can talk to you and kind of you can arrange a session just for them or something that works just for them and kind of yeah. walk them through that yeah. as well. So that's kind of amazing. Absolutely. Definitely. So that's something that I offer as well. You know, whether if it's a, if you have a team of people, some people, what one guy did recently is he had a team that was going through a hard time with quarantine and he, uh, basically I create custom meditations. And so he asked me if I could focus on three different messages. So I created three different 15 minute meditations, just focused on these messages that he wanted to hammer home with his team. Uh, there was another person that, you know, just wanted their name to be in the meditation and they just wanted to have a more intimate experience. So really whatever it is that you're looking to do, we can kind of tailor for you and we can make it happen. So uh, I think that's a really cool feature because it's just nice sometimes to have something very specific to either what you're going through, what you want to hear more about, or if it's just intimate for you, you know, so that's definitely a cool opportunity as well. 
Very nice. Well, Sam, again, thank you for sharing your gift. Thank you for taking the time to talk to my audience. I appreciate you being an amazing ally, an amazing person, and being able to share all of this with us. Uh, We've got to have you back on again, my friend. It's been amazing. Scott, my pleasure, man. I'll come on anytime, dude. This has been really, really fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Stay on the line for me, buddy. Guys, we're going to play out a little song here. When I come back, I'm going to have Glenn North on. He is an actor from New York. He's also on the Bravo show Camp Getaway right now. Uh, we had a real fun interview the other day um, when I postponed the shows for all the protests going on. So it's a pre-taped show, but you're really going to enjoy our conversation. So we'll play out to that, and I will be back to wrap the show up And when that interview is over. So take a listen. You're listening to Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network.
and I'd be like, well, I'm a big boy now, and you know, stuff like that. So I've been, oh, that's I've been on camera my whole life. So I've been, I feel like I've been preparing for this my whole life. I love that. That is fantastic. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about coming out. Um, I don't, I don't usually go into coming out stories as much, but I want to talk about where did you first find your tribe, or where did they first find you? Because you really celebrate it. And I think it's a great, uh, great point of view. So talk about when you first felt comfortable as part of the LGBTQ community. So honestly, it was in theater. Um, I remember I was bullied mercilessly in middle school. I had just moved from a different area, so I didn't have any friends. And I just was the brunt of everyone's jokes. And the worst thing people could imagine calling you back then was gay. And I didn't even know what that meant. So, um, you know, I would come home crying most days, but then I joined theater and I remember finally feeling like this group, people love me and care about me no matter what. And like, I'm celebrated because I have this like big boisterous personality that I can bring out and it's being celebrated. And so it was the first time that I felt like these people like me no matter what's going on. And so I, I, I was able to kind of ignore the bullies, um, And it kind of took me a while to find my like LGBT tribe because for a long time, I I remember thinking like, okay, I know I'm gay, but like, I don't really want to be, Um, you know, I had this picture of like the white picket fence and this traditional heterosexual lifestyle that I wasn't going to be allowed to have. Um, Mm. And, you know, I wanted a family and kind of from my father's perspective, he thought that, uh, you know, he grew up, um, in the 50s and 60s, and in that time, it was literally criminalized to have public displays of affection between homosexuals. If you came out, right. you'd lose your job, you'd lose your friends, you know, so that's, that was what he knew of gay people. And then I was, um, I was an adolescent in the time of the AIDS crisis. So, you know, for him, it wasn't so much that he didn't, he was a uh, like he did, he was a homophobe or didn't agree with it, but he, he was afraid, literally afraid for my life. He was afraid that right. this meant that I would die early or that I wouldn't have a family because all the gay men he knew didn't have families. Um, and so mm. I, you know, I, I remember thinking when I was a kid, like if you could give me a pill that would make me straight, I would take it. And it wasn't mm. until college when I realized that like everything that I'd been through had shaped me into this person. You know, the bullying, um, the experience I I had made me this empathetic um, person uh, that I think made me stronger. And I loved the person that I'd created for myself in college. And I wouldn't have been the same person if I'd been straight. So like, I, I, that's when I realized, like, I love being gay. I wouldn't have had those same experiences that have made me the person that I am. And then in college, uh, or after college, when I finally moved to New York City, that's when I found this amazing group of people that I slowly started experimenting with, like, different glitter looks. And I allowed myself to kind of celebrate my more feminine side. Um, And now I've found this beautiful uh, coexistence of my masculine and feminine side. And it's, it's fantastic. So it took me a while, but I finally found it. New York City. There you go. I bet. Well, that is a great story. And you did share on the show, and I'm so sorry that you did lose your father uh, fairly recently. Were you guys able to kind of 
reconcile with that at the end? Was he able to see how happy you were? We were, yeah. Um, That's awesome. So he passed away in January, and the Christmas before that, I uh, I read this article that was saying that, you know, if if we assume that someone lives to be 90 years old, we have a, a set number of holidays with people. And I'd never thought about it in that way, in that context. And so I was like, well, my dad's 80. I have 10 Christmases left. And so that Christmas, I remember just feeling like it was so important. And we had those hard conversations. We, um, and I just appreciated every moment that I had. And I thought it was, you know, one of 10, but I didn't realize it was my last one. Um, but mm-hmm. honestly, like, I wouldn't change anything. It was, it was really beautiful. And so I, I have no regrets. Nothing went unsaid. Um, you know, I, and the only thing I wish, I wish he could have seen the gay community that I know, you know, the one that I fell in love with, the mm, one that is so supportive. Right. Um, you know, he never, he never got to meet any of my boyfriends. Um, he never got to experience the welcoming community that I've experienced. So, but I always imagine like when I do stuff like that, that he's there watching. There you go. Well, I am sorry for your loss and his uh, missing out on those experiences, but it sounds like it really ended up well for you. So I'm so happy to hear about that. Let's transition into acting first. I want to talk about that. You said you were doing theater early on. Talk about your early aspirations in acting. What kind of drew you to the craft? Absolutely. So I love telling stories and I think, um, I think that's, I, I got that from my dad, you know, as a journalist, that's his job is to tell stories. And so I think theater is just sort of a, a shift of that. Um, and so I love, you know, I love singing. I feel like when you, um, I, I always, I love the Bob Fosse, the Bob Fosse quote, um, you sing, I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing, but you sing when you can't just speak about how you feel when your emotions are too great to just speak about how you feel. And that's what I feel like a good musical is. Um, and so I fell in love in college with like, you know, all the great musical theater greats. Um, and I moved to New York city to, to pursue that, um, to tell stories. Nice. Very cool. I love that. And talk about, I mean, I see that we've been waiting for a couple of years for Nick and Nikki to get done. It looks like it's in post-production. That looks like it was a fun shoot, though. I love your making of video. Uh, did you enjoy that? Thank you. Oh, my gosh, it was amazing. So it was my first, like, big uh, indie film shoot. Um, up to that, I'd just been doing, like, you know, little film shoots with my friends and things like that. But it was, like, a full-on production, and it was amazing, like, I learned so much doing that show, um, doing that film. And everyone who worked on that show was so talented. I, one of the things I loved about the producer, um, he knows how to surround himself with talented people. Um, mm. Unfortunately, we were just never able to raise enough money to finish the, product, the project. So currently it's kind of, you know, languishing. So we're trying right. to like get the last little bit of funding to finish the post-production, um, you know, I would love to, to see it come to fruition, but honestly, the best experience was just being a part of it. Um, you know, uh, film acting really is so different than stage. And that was kind right. of where I learned the differences and kind of what makes you successful on a film set. It, it really is about like 
full-on endurance. Like, you're on these film sets for sometimes like 12 hours, and yeah. how do you turn it, how do you conserve your energy to turn it on when you're ready to film and, you know, make it, the, you know, make it the same, like try different things. Like how are you going to navigate um, being ready at the drop of a hat when you're ready to go and you've been here for 12 hours? Um, I actually thought it was quite exciting. I loved it. Well, it's got to be a great learning experience all the way through. I mean, you're getting the acting chops and you're seeing what the live set is like. And then, as some films turn, it takes forever to turn a film around, and some get made and never get out there until a lot later. So it's, you've got the entire gamut under your belt in one show there, guy. I like it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we can get that thing re- released because I love the costumes in it. I love the period piece. It looks amazing. So very oh cool. Oh, my gosh. Like Those, the, costumes, the, the costumes were by um, this um, brilliant designer, Milan Breton. He is um, a gay fashion designer. And what I love about all his pieces is they are very masculine cuts um, with a little bit of a gay twist. Some of them, are, they're very form-fitting, but very, like, uh, very typical, like, um, suits, gorgeous, gorgeous cuts. But the patterns and the fabrics were always very over the top. They're very beautiful, like, bright colors. Oh, my God. Every single piece I wore, I wanted to steal. <laughs> but yeah, he makes they that. Look amazing that was from all the pictures I saw. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I like that. I, I want to talk about your YouTube channel. You've been doing it for a few years now. You have almost a thousand subscribers, over fifty thousand views, which is amazing. I loved your high heels and heavy steel video. You guys just uh, owning it. Talk about making that and the empowerment of that. I thought it was an amazing video. Thank you. Yeah, so that was um that's one of my favorite videos too. I loved, and I wanted with that video, I wanted to kind of challenge people's perspective on what a man in heels can represent. Cause in the past, you know, people view a man in heels and think that he's less than, or that he's too effeminate, um, that they're not as strong as a man who presents as fully masculine. And so I wanted to kind of challenge that perspective. So what was interesting about that, that shoot is I, went into it assuming that like people would be up in arms. They'd want to fight us. They'd want to kick us out of the gym and nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared. So I'm like, at the end of the, at the end of the experience, I'm like, okay, well, what, what did we learn? Like no one cared how, how, like I went in thinking that I was going to teach all these people that they're wrong. But what I realized was like, it wasn't perceptions that need to change. It was mine. I needed, I was still mm-hmm. holding onto those perceptions of that a man heel was, was too effeminate. Like it wasn't everybody else. They didn't give a shit. I needed to change. And so it was like, fuck. So actually that's my favorite part of the video is I went out to change other people's perspectives, but instead I changed mine. Very powerful. Oh, that's fantastic. I love the way you say that. Very, very cool. And uh, talk about, I love that. You're, you talk about finding your light. Tell me what finding your light, you have a great video that kind of describes it, but tell my listeners what you mean when you're encouraging people to find their light. Yeah. So um, find your light is a phrase from theater. Um, in, on, the, on the stage, there's a sweet spot of the light. So you basically have to find the center of the light. So when you say find your light, you have to kind of be able to feel it out with your face to know when the best spot to stand on the stage is. 
or if you're taking a picture, you know, knowing when the light is best, whatever. But I also think of it as like um, everybody has something that makes them unique, something that they share that only that is only their own. And I feel like this life is part of that. It's like figuring out what that is and sharing it with people. Um, and so it's finding it and then sharing it with everybody else. Fantastic. Very good. I love that. Also says you're a lover of coffee, which makes us best friends right away because I drink coffee morning, <laughs> noon, and night. So that's oh, a beautiful yeah. thing. <laughs> now, I want to talk about your newest series. You just started Glitter and Gossip. You're featuring someone you actually met on the show at camp. I thought it was an amazing interview. Talk about what brought that idea aboard and where you're hoping to go with it. For sure. So I... Um, quarantine has given me a lot of time to think <laughs> just with everybody else. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's kind of allowed me to think like, okay, what do I want my ideal life to be? And especially thinking about, you know, Kemp Getaway is giving me my 15 seconds of fame. What do I want to do with it? And honestly, like, I want to highlight other people's stories. Like I became an actor to tell stories, but now, you know, can I shift that sort of idea? And, so with Camp Getaway, like, the real stories I want to highlight aren't mine. Like, I think it's, it's great that people are hearing my story, but I think mine is pretty typical. Um, you know, I, I've loved to kind of get deeper into that. But, like, I think the stories we need to hear right now are stories of um, LGBT people of color, trans stories, uh, people that are non-binary. I think we haven't had a chance to hear those stories yet. So I want to highlight those people. So when I saw the show... Um, I invited a couple of my friends uh, for LGBT weekend. So I had a friend who's non-binary, a trans model, um, a lesbian singer-songwriter, and my other friend who is a drag queen who just quit his job um, to be a drag queen full-time. And I wanted, I wanted Bravo to highlight their stories on the show. And, you know, it's tough because, like, there's so much going on in one episode. They didn't get featured at all. So I was right. saying, okay, well now it's my turn. Like I have my platform. I, I can still share their stories just in the way that I want. So um, when I met Dolores um, at the time, she identified as a gay male um, who was a drag queen, but after filming, she actually got her name legally changed to Dolores Degage uh, because the experience of being a camp was so transformative for her. And so that's a story I want to tell. So I'm actually excited to continue that series. I'm actually, I'm working on that video. I, I want to like um, edit it down a little bit because I think people's, um, people's attention span are incredibly small. So I'm working on editing that video and then releasing it again as a smaller bite-sized version of that interview. Um, but yeah, I want to keep highlighting members of the LGBT community. Um, I want to reveal other people's stories, use my, my time and my platform to share stories that I think need to be shared. There you go. I absolutely love that. And you do you, my friend. I mean, I, I felt the same way. I started the show five years ago doing two hours. So I kind of feel trapped into my two hours when everyone's attention span is getting smaller and smaller, but I still have 30,000 listeners an episode. And I think, but people like (laughs) the smaller bites too. So I think it's, you need to do what's right for you and do the full interview and then, release different small clips of it because I think that's a way to grow. You can kind of have fun with it. gives you a little more creative stuff, but do you, if you like getting into the story, get into the story because I love 
45 minute half hour interviews because I really get to know the person. So don't let that dissuade mm, yeah. you. I want to tell you that ahead of time. Um, cause I thought you did a great interview. I thought it was some great questions and you guys had a really good conversation. You have a great conversation style. So keep that. Oh, thank up. you. Cool. Thank and we you. are going to get into the pride weekend issue. I do have problems with that. So we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely hear that. Spent way too much time on a Randall Sophia Adam drama during Pride episode. It's like, uh, okay, we'll go into that later. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> okay, yep, let's, yep. <laughs> let's finish up with a little bit of your other life outside of the show. I'm I'm fascinated by your walking tours of New York City. As someone in love with New York City, and uh, someone who goes there, talk about what was. What would you tell my listeners are three to five of the highlights that people love the most or things that you loved sharing with your um, visitors on your tours? Yeah. So I have one tour that's a six-hour walking tour. So basically, like, you name a famous site and we talk about it. Um, (laughs) And so what what I kind of – the way that I build that tour is, like, you can't really delve deep into the history of every single place you go or it'll be a 12 hour tour. So I try and make that tour to be like, when you see something, what what are you going to make the caption of this photo when you post it on Facebook? Um, What's like one, you know, where, uh, what is it? When was it made? Why is it important? Um, And so honestly, I tell jokes for six hours. I want to make people feel comfortable (laughs) and I want to, and I want to make sure that the rest of their tour or of their time in New York City is as fun as the tour was. So I want to give them recommendations for places to go, things, other things to see while they're here, et cetera. Um, but, you know, I kind of love um, one of my favorite spots is there's a spot um, in between 5th and 6th Avenue where you can see the Empire State Building and the Chrysler Building. And so I love talking Ooh. about the competition between the building the largest building the tallest building. Um, so the Chrysler building was built first. It was finished in 1929. Um, when it was finished, it wasn't the tallest building in the world, um, but they had a secret. So hidden in the top floor was the iconic spire. And so right before they opened in 1930, they pushed the spires through the ceiling, making it the tallest building in the world. But it would only hold, hold that record for 11 that. months, only 11 months until the Empire State Building was built. Uh, in 1931. So it had a little trick, but it wasn't even a full year to have the tallest building. So that's one of my favorite little, like, um, little factoids. Um, but then I also that's do an LGBT story. history tour. Thank you, yeah. Uh, and that was my favorite. I love, it's a two-hour walking tour of the West Village, starting and ending at Stonewall. And I'm actually working on a virtual version of that tour for Pride Month. So I've been oh, thinking, great like, idea. you know, obviously, yeah, like, obviously we want to be there in person so you can see it, so you can kind of sense the energy and all that. But, you know, what are things we can do now that we couldn't do before? So right now it's going to be around the same route, but the scope is going to be a bit increased. So I want to bring in, you know, talking about um, the ball culture of Harlem, because that's so formative of what was happening in Stonewall later. Um, and I also want to show some multimedia. I think it's really exciting to like, we can talk about Stonewall and then like Sylvia Rivera and then show uh, video or images of her speaking later. So still working on that, but um, 
that should be up and running for Pride Month. So I'm excited to share that with people. That is awesome. We will definitely be on the lookout for that. Very, very cool. And you, talk yeah. about your time as a trainer. Um, at, I guess, um, like I said, I love the part where you did the video of just kind of owning yourself. What attracted you to fitness in the first place? I mean, obviously you have a gorgeous body, a gorgeous smile. Talk about what <laughs> attracts you to the fitness and to the fitness business and keeps you motivated to keep doing that besides needing to be ready to be an actor, I guess. For sure. So I started my fitness journey in college. Um, before that, I was actually like kind of uncoordinated. I had asthma, so I like wasn't really all that active or physical. Um, and I remember going into the gym at my college and being super intimidated by the masculine energy of the space. And it was all in my head. No one was like, you know, accosting me or making fun of me or whatever. But I just had all this built up um, fear of these like masculine presenting guys. And so I could not go in the gym unless I had a friend with me. And then eventually like it became my therapy. Like I go in the gym and I just leave everything at the door. All I have to think about is lifting this heavy thing and putting it back down and so it's kind of therapeutic for me. It's very like Zen and now it's such an important part of my life. And so I want to, I, w I became a personal trainer to be that person for other people, to find people that were like me that are too intimidated to start either by, you know, the, the, the breadth of information that's available and narrowing it down or because, you know, they felt intimidated by the gym space or, or like because of their size, because of their sexuality, whatever. Um, I want to find those people and be their introduction to fitness. My favorite clients are people that have never touched a weight in their life. I love getting people <laughs> to love fitness, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I love inspiring people. And at the end of the day, I think that's why I was a good fit for Camp Getaway because essentially my favorite part about being a personal trainer is being someone's personal cheerleader. There you go. Well, that's, that's going to be a great segue. I want to get into the show right now. So this is Camp Getaway. It's on Bravo. Um, so Bravo is known for these quasi-reality shows. And this, as we talked about off air, just totally reminds me of Below Deck uh, in summer camp. And I am a summer camp geek from way back when. I went many, many years. So talk about how this opportunity came to you first. Yeah, so I actually found out about it through a friend, and I applied for rounds. Um, I got it, and I remember when they were describing the show, they, they said the same thing you said. It was below deck uh, on land, um, and when they're descri describing the kind of people that they were looking for and sort of the, the job description, I was like, this is me. Like, this is exactly me. <laughs> so it just seemed like a perfect opportunity. Nice, and that kind of brings me – I put out on uh, social media the other day for any questions, if anybody has any questions for you. And Clarence Pryor wanted to ask you, um, first he says that you're, you're his inspiration guiding light. He's a huge fan. But uh, Clarence mm -hmm. wants to know, what do you like about Camp Getaway that made you miss what it's like being in regular camp as a kid? Did you ever go as a kid? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a great question. So, yes, I – I went as a kid and I had some really interesting camp experiences. I had one 
that was a bit more similar to Camp Getaway. It was like an adventure camp. There's zip lining and water sports and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I went to other camps, and I, I didn't really feel like I, I like I belonged there. I didn't really feel as welcomed there. Um, but then I also went to like choir camp and nerd camp, <laughs> uh, and those ones those ones I felt much more comfortable with. Um, and so Camp Getaway is like what I love about Camp Getaway is it kind of recreates that that magic that you had as a kid. Because when you're a kid, you're allowed to play. You're like expected to play. And I think we lose that as adults. But Camp Getaway reminds you that like, no, you're supposed to play. And I think it's actually like, it's so therapeutic. It's so rejuvenating um, to come out for a weekend and just find that nostalgia of camp. And just seeing the look on people's faces at the beginning and the end of camp is just, so amazing. Um, it's a great way to meet people. And I think, uh, I think it's necessary. Definitely. And for those that have not seen the episodes yet, like I said, there's only, there were four episodes in right now. It's a brand new show, brand new season here. Talk, this isn't your, this isn't a camp for kids. This is an adult camp. Give everyone the premise of the camp and uh, what, what it's all about. What the sh- yeah. So um, the show follows eight camp counselors, at an adult summer camp. Um, and so similar to Below Deck, you, you see the inner workings of the camp. Um, a lot of the beginning episodes are us sort of acclimating to the camp and um, sort of how things work. Um, it was a really interesting, it was interesting to find the balance between partying, because essentially our job is to party with people. It's like to get, get the party started. <laughs> And to find a balance between partying and getting the party started and partying too much or going a little too hard. Um, So like, how do you serve the guests while still having an amazing time? And then also like we're living with the, our, our, uh, our coworkers. So like navigating those boundaries and like those relationships. So it's a lot. And in addition, like this is the weekend. So like we've been working our full-time jobs during the week and then come here for the weekend. So, it was it was crazy. Like drama ensues, obviously, but it's also like I think one of the things I love about the show is it's a bit more uplifting and a bit more fun than I think uh, some of the other Bravo shows are. Um, right. You know, you get to see essentially like eight people become best friends. These people are like some of my closest friends now. That is awesome. I love hearing that. And it's a beautiful camp. It's set. Near or in Kent, Connecticut, which I told you off air, Kent, Connecticut is where they hold the Gilmore Girls Fan Fest every year. It's a beautiful location there. Um, the camp has some amazing amenities. Anything you ever wanted to do, you can do from trapeze to trampoline to water sports to archery to everything. Were you surprised at everything that was offered there when you first went? I was actually. So I was surprised mostly by like just how big the camp is. Um, it's 300 acres. It's huge. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, like whatever, whatever kind of person you are, whatever it is, whatever kind of experience you're looking for, you can find it. Um, and it's, it is something for everybody. And talking about the camp still, I mean, just to prove how big it is, it, that says they have about 150 core full-time staff to handle 
all these guests come in because there's kids and stuff during the week, and then you have your groups that come in during the weekend. And I got to tell you, the foodie, that food that I saw going out on plates was pretty amazing. I don't know what they're doing there, but talk about the whole camp experience for the campers. Yeah, um, it is. Like, I, actually, that was something I was surprised about, too, was the food was really good. Um, so it's kind of like um, it's a bit bougier than you think a camp experience would be. Like, you know, we have these, like, really nice cabins. Um, that are decorated well and like you get like the amenities of home um but then like in the woods uh kind of out of your comfort zone out of your uh typical your typical life um and of course there's free flowing booze um when you go to camp you can um you can get what they call a cheers package which is essentially an open bar for the weekend um so yeah people go people go hard <laughs> i bet well and that's a question i have um from Shelly Z, one of the questions we got via text was, you do see people really um, enjoying a little bit of alcohol and hanging out with the guests. Did you, was it hard for you to walk that line to keep yourself kind of your wits about you? I wondered, did you, did you have any wild moments? Uh, well, um, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> In a word. <laughs> it, is, it, it definitely it's definitely a very challenging, like it's a very thin line to walk. And if you, if you see the trailer, the teaser trailer, um, my, my, I have like a kind of a breakdown moment at the end. That was a night that I got a little too wild. So um, stay tuned, friends, and you will get to see just what happens when you go a little too crazy at Camp Getaway. There you go. (laughs) Now, I'm trying to understand the concept, and I think I have it right, but let me know. It seems like, because there's a lot of people, you see all of a sudden the dining hall is filled with 200 people, but you guys seem to take a certain group. Are you guys assigned a certain section of the camp, or how does that work? Yeah, so every weekend there's sort of a, like, VIP guests, and so those are the ones that we are in charge of. So the first weekend it was Kasha's group. He was having his 40th birthday. Uh, the second weekend, it was Jordan's group, et cetera. And so we are focusing on them, but we're still in charge of everybody. So, like, we're still there to, like, have conversations with the people, um, you know, kind of uh, help them acclimate to the camp. Uh, we're still in charge of, like, other activities, but they are our focus for the weekend. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. And let's get into a little bit of, as you said, I thought one of the things that fascinated me was the professional lives outside of camp that all you guys had um, that was brought together from a real estate guy to a nonprofit guy to a psychologist, sociologist, to your acting and training and everything to all these different people that seem such a diverse group of people, it sounds like it was an amazing kind of group to get together. Did you guys ever kind of just sit down and talk about each other's lives and just kind of wonder how you all made it there? Yeah. I mean, I, that was one of the things I loved about this show was like, I fell in love with the cast. I think all of us are so cool. We are such deep people. And I think you get a taste of it on the show but it's hard to encapsulate a whole person in 40 minutes, let, let alone eight people. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I, 
yeah, I, I fell in love with these people. And like, and especially like, it's such an interesting experience to be on a reality show. You have to be vulnerable with what could potentially be the whole country. And, you know, it's a stressful experience. So in between, uh, like during the week and, um, you know, driving home every, every weekend, we would bond and talk and kind of like, um, we were our support group. And so I, I trust these people with my life. And I'm so glad that I had them every weekend to be like, what just happened to us? What's really going on? <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I really, I really became really close with them throughout the summer. That's amazing. And you do see where, where people were meeting offsite and everything throughout the week. So I thought was very, very cool. Um, I just want to take, you and Neely with me. I don't think we would ever go wrong. She would be able to get us out of any situation, and you would make it so fun the entire time. I would just take the two of you guys anywhere. So very, very fun. That sounds great. Uh, I'm, I'm down. All right. There we go. We're going to plan a road trip across America. That's all there is to it. And uh, right. go from there. So I'm trying to look over my notes here um, on the different episodes. First episode, I guess the biggest thing to talk about is you and that damn pig. <laughs> talk yeah. about that experience. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, um, I remember like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, you know, uh, we're going to take a pig. Like, it's going to be great. Cool. And then like the, the grill opens up and I just see its face staring at me. And I was like, oh, okay, this is gross. I'm not okay. Not okay. <laughs> um, and, like, you know, once we got rid of the face, once I could tell it wasn't a living creature anymore, it was delicious. It was amazing. But, like, that first moment of, like, this, is a, this used to be a living creature. Um, and then, like, like, it's so funny. Adam is so down. Like, he's, like, spanking it. He's, like, like you know, eating it by the fistful. It was right. so funny. And I was just, like, over in the corner being, like, get me out of here. It was hilarious. Um, I love that. That I want to talk about that for the first season, our first episode. Second episode, I honestly didn't understand Neely's ex Niles. He just seemed like such a geek. I didn't understand that whole thing. It didn't have anything to do with you, but I just thought that was kind of a wild thing um, to see. And and that's where you get into the relationships. I mean, it's very that's part of the game, right? Watching everyone's relationships with each other and outside of it. Were, were you guys able to be each other's support systems for things like that? It seemed like the girls really rallied around her. Do you guys have long, intimate talks about your personal lives? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, um, it was hard to do it at camp because we're always working. We're always moving. So, like, sometimes at night we'd be able to talk about it. But usually, like, you know, on the ride home especially, we have, like, an hour and a half to sort of, like, um, you know, go over everything that happened. So, yeah, we were we had we had plenty of – Plenty of deep talks over the summer. Gotcha. Well, I want to finish up talking about the Pride Weekend uh, show because there was a couple of good things I saw and, like, one thing I was upset about, as I already told you. But the one thing I liked, and yes. reality TV, I'm always worried how much is scripted or not, but one of the best parts I thought of that episode was not asking you for advice on what to do in this way. I just love where a straight ally can see what he needs to do in this kind of time. Was that something honestly coming from him? Was that a scripted thing? Talk to me about that. But no. I love the advice you gave him. Yeah, that was all him. That was all him. And I was so proud of him um, because I think it's easy 
to to not like he doesn't have to ask that um and i think what's interesting is like as like a straight person like you know e- uh they'll never truly understand what it's like to be the other because you know as a gay person if you're surrounded by all straight people that can be an intimidating experience but if you're a straight person surrounded by gay people maybe you're intimidated but most of the time you're just like oh this is kind of cool this is different you know um right and so to actually like take the time to ask, to genuinely ask, um, I was, I was really, and especially like he, he can be kind of boisterous and a bit, uh, full of himself sometimes. And so to see this really human moment with him, I was very impressed. And that's honestly, that that's when our friendship really started taking off. That's amazing. I, I love that. That was my favorite part of that entire episode. Actually. I thought that was just so cool of him to ask. And I thought your response was amazing. So good on you both for that. Um, as I said, I wasn't real happy that we're doing a pride episode or pride weekend. And it was a little centric around the Randall, Sophia and Adam drama. Um, but I guess you have to have good TV. (laughs) I'm hoping there's (laughs) other things going on there. Was there anything that you were disappointed didn't make the final air? Like you said, you brought a lot of people in. Um, what was, what were you disappointed actually didn't make the final cut? Yeah, so point of view. the biggest thing is like, you know, in, in past weekends, the first weekend and the second weekend, we got to highlight the guests. We, we learned about Kosh, we learned about Jordan, and I feel like we didn't get a chance to learn that much about Christine, the comedian, or her guest, Dolores. Um, right. And I think they have incredible stories um, that you don't get to hear a lot on Bravo, you know, like we hear about people having love triangles and, you know, people being upset and, you know, those kind of things all the time. But like, how often do you get to hear about someone who discovered their, um, their identity as a, a, um, a trans person through drag. And at this stage late in their life, were able to kind of like come to terms with it, you know, like that's the story I want to hear. And I think, so I was disappointed that, we didn't get to highlight as much of their story, but again, I understand like there's only so much you can fit into one episode. Um, no, exactly. That was the biggest thing. Um, I, um, but you know, no, so that's I, why I'm taking up the mantle and like now it's, uh, it's my turn to sh- help share her story. There you go. Well, no, I love that. And I, I felt the same way. And that was kind of my overall takeaway is, um, and I, like I said, I understand they're trying to draw viewers in. This is a, uh, they're trying for the largest audience possible but I just thought they had a lot of missed opportunities for that particular episode because they did, they were very guest centric the first two episodes, which I thought was really cool. It kind of gave a good backstory. Um, you were living your best life as the costume part of the challenge. We just can call you Mr. Glitter. Uh, where did your love affair yeah. for glitter begin, my friend? <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I was going to this music festival called Electric Zoo it's an EDM music festival in, um, in New York city. And it's very much in the culture array of culture to like have these outrageous outfits, put on lots of glitter, lots of like black light things. And so I, um, I did like a lightning bolt and another day I did sort of a, another look. And I remember just like, getting such a positive response from people. And that's one of the things I love about rave culture is like, um, people are very welcoming. And so um, I got a lot of response from it. I was surprised by that. So like slowly I started doing it more. I started um, um, 
trying it out in different places. And originally I was kind of nervous to do it club because, you know, you still have this idea of like mask for mask. And so is someone not going to want to talk to me because I'm being too effeminate? But the more I did it, the more I realized, like, if you're not going to talk to me because I'm too effeminate, I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> and, like, Good it, actually, for you. Um, it kind of became this barometer where, like, the people that would give me funny looks and be like, whoa, he's, like, he's queening out over there. I'd be like, you know what? I don't actually want to talk to you either. I want to talk to people that are like, girl, work, yes. Those are the people I want to talk to. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, it wasn't about them. Like, I don't do my glitter looks for other people. I do it for me. Um, I do it to express myself. I do it because it makes me feel good when I look in the mirror and see it sparkling at me. So, like, yeah, it's not for it's not for you. <laughs> well said. Well said. And I do love that they did feature a pride parade in the episode. That was fantastic. It was amazing. And I got to give give them big props to the show for doing that. That looks like it was a lot of fun. It looks like everyone really participated in that. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I loved, like, handing out rainbow stuff and fans to all my friends. It, it was really fun. Terrific. Well, we got to start wrapping it up here. I mean, I do want to – we got to have you back because I have a whole episode I want to talk about Gary his runway at the Pride episode was hilarious. Anybody with an accent, if they played their cards right, could have me. And I need to hear the story on <laughs> Gary one of these days because I just loved him as a uh, minor character there. I thought he was amazing. Absolutely. But I just think this was an amazing show, and I want you to finish up by telling me what this overall – we've only, like I said, got to see four episodes in. How many episodes are there total? And give me your overall thoughts about doing a reality show. Would you do it again? And what were the highlights for you? Yeah, so there are eight episodes. So we are halfway through the season. Monday, the fifth episode premieres. And it was a really interesting experience. Um, It was tough because, like, I was going through a lot of stuff that summer. Um, You know, my, my dad had passed away in January, and I going into the summer, I felt like, cool, it's been eight months, I'm done, this is great, I'm, you know, grief's done, we're done with it, moving on, blah, blah, blah. That's not how grief works. <laughs> so right. I learned a lot about myself that summer, um, and there were a lot of moments where I had to kind of decide, like, I'm going through something hard, like, how much do I want to share with people? Like, everyone... Like, thousands of people are going to see this. Am I willing to share that, this vulnerable, uh, intimate part of my life and what I'm going through? And at the end of the day, I, I would always go back to, I want someone who's watching this show, who's going through the same thing I am, to feel less alone. And so when the question was, do I share this? Do I reveal this intimate part of myself that could potentially open me up for, you know, critique or whatever? And I would always say yes, because I want to do it for that one person who's going to watch the show and say, I relate to him. I feel validated. Um, You know, that's what I wanted to do with the Pride show. I want some little gay kid in Missouri who's watching it with his mom to feel like he is valid, like he has permission to be his authentic self. Um, And then throughout my process of like, you know, dealing with my stuff with my dad, you know, everybody goes through this. If they haven't already, they will someday. Um, And... I want to show that um, it's okay. You, you know, you fuck up sometimes and 
Um, it's how you get back up. So I think one thing that's cool for me is like in the beginning episodes, you get to see me like fun and glittery and effervescent, but we're going to start dealing with some real stuff near the end of the season. So I'm nervous mm. about seeing that, but I think it's important. It's an important part of my story. Well, thank you for sharing that journey with us. And that's what I like about your YouTube channel and why I think people are going to continue to follow you on there because that is your goal. You you are there to educate's not a good word. You're there to share your story so others don't have to live it alone. And I think that yeah. shows so much about your heart and and your intentions and I appreciate you doing that, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, guys, you have to watch this show. It is, I mean, it's so much fun. Glenn and all of his fellow counselors are great. There's a little bit of drama involved. Good on David, the camp owner, for having a place like this. I'm sure it's probably closed this summer. How sad is that, right? Do you know, have you heard if they're opening? I know. Opening? Yeah, so what they're trying to do right now is it is opening for now with a, um, a much smaller capacity. Um, okay. And so they are working with local authorities. Um, they are talking about what kind of measures they have to put in place to make sure that their guests are safe. What's the max capacity? What kind of things do people have to do to, you know, uh, slow the spread? What's the earliest they can open, et cetera. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll be able to, to open to their full capacity when it's, when it's safe to do so. Um, Cause I think honestly, like we need camp now more than ever. You know, I think yeah. it's so exciting for people when they, when they finally get to let loose again, it's going to be such a joyous celebration and I want to be there for it. There you go. Well, thank you to David for having that camp and that open experience for everybody. If it next year you have to invite me to LGBT Day, I want to get an invitation somehow. I would love to go to that. Absolutely. Amazing. Maybe we can do a live job. show from there. There you go. That would be amazing. We'll do an entire week of shows. That would be great. All right. Well, my friend, this has been an amazing conversation. Thanks so much for being on the Leftist Straight Show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. All right, Glenn, do me a favor and let my listeners know where they can follow you on social media and where they can find this great YouTube channel of yours. For sure. So uh, if you search YouTube uh, for Glenn Norris, I should be one of the first things that pops up. Um, I'm on Instagram. That's my main platform, NorthGG, G as in Glenn. Um, I'm on Twitter, Glenn-North. And I just started TikTok. I am Glitter Glenn. Oh, that is so appropriate. I love that. I yeah. have to get over there. Glenn, you are amazing. Stay on the line for me. Guys, we're going to play out a little music here. I'll be back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Hey, guys, no break. I'm coming back because that was a pre-taped interview, and we're running out of time. We have like a minute left. I want to give a big shout-out and thanks to all my guests today. Thank you to Josh and Jeff with our J&J Buzz Pop Culture Wednesday Minute. Sam Knight, thank you so much for helping us all through learn about meditation and mind-body connection. Guys, that uh, individual meditation that Sam led us through, I'm going to uh, cut that out, and I'll send that up on uh, Instagram stories so you can have that. And, of course, Glenn North, uh, keep following his journey every Monday night on Camp Getaway right on Bravo. Tomorrow, I have a great show for you. We're going to uh, catch up a couple of interviews that I was supposed to have on last week. We're going to start with a live mental health minute, though, with Stephanie Schroeder. 
Then we're going to have Colin Bedell. He's an astrologer and the founder of Queer Cosmos website. Amazing interview with him. And then Kelsey Zipchin. She's an on-set teacher. She's worked on some of the great um, sets, including Lock and Key and American Gods. And she has a very interesting story to tell herself. So great show tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Follow on uh, social media at Left of Straight. We will see you tomorrow and the rest of the week, tomorrow and Friday at 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. Have a great night, guys. Bye-bye.